Falche, I'm Kanyoch, the Hebridean Baker. Join me as I travel through the Scottish islands, sharing stories, recipes, wee Gaelic lessons and songs, as well as some Hebridean history. In episode 3, I'm talking Scottish Christmas traditions, Peter and Shoris will join us to talk about our surnames, and if you're watching The Crown on Netflix, I'm going to tell you my story about the royal family. First, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and are thinking, hold on, this is episode three, you have missed so much, but it's because we have been listening to some Gaelic tunes on the first two episodes, which means it can only be played on Spotify or the Anchor app. But a big falche to my podcast. It's only four weeks till Christmas, and planning here is in full swing. The Christmas cake is made, and all Peter's presents have been bought. I just wish I was better at wrapping them. And I know for many of you, after such a challenging year, you will want to make it as special as possible. So what are some of the traditions and stories of a Scottish Christmas? Many Scots love getting in the festive spirit. But did you know that Christmas was banned in Scotland for almost four centuries? Before the Reformation in 1560, Christmas in Scotland had been a religious feasting holiday. Then, with the powerful Kirk frowning upon anything related to Roman Catholicism, the Scottish Parliament passed a law in 1640 that made celebrating Christmas illegal. Even after Charles II was restored to the throne, celebrating Christmas was frowned upon in Scotland for a long time. It wasn't until 1958 that the 25th of December became a Scottish public holiday, and Boxing Day only in 1974. One of the Scottish Christmas traditions that was banned for so many years was the baking of Yule bread. Yule bread is a tradition which appears to have originated on the islands of Shetland and Orkney. This tasty Christmas bake is made with caraway seeds and plaited into a three-thread loaf. The loaf is turned into a circle, which represents the sun. Meanwhile, there's a pagan element to this tradition, as the caraway seeds are said to relate to Scottish folklore regarding Shear and the spirits of winter. Now, during the ban, bakers were requested to give the authorities the name of anyone requesting this holiday bread. A loaf of unleavened bread is baked for each individual in the family, and the person who finds a trinket in his or her loaf will have good luck all year. 
These days, our Christmas will have much in common with those of you around the world. But there are still some traditions. To keep evil spirits away, the Scottish use the Calioch, a piece of wood carved to represent Old Woman Winter. This would be tossed on the fire on Christmas Eve as a symbol of the destruction of winter. Another way of keeping unwelcome visitors at bay is to keep the fire burning all night on Christmas Eve. To help clear the air among real people, a common tradition involves burning a branch of rowan tree to chase away bad feelings amongst family and friends and to start the new year with a clean slate. Fire is used to welcome people too, and Scottish homes traditionally keep a candle burning in their window during Christmas to welcome strangers. And most importantly, how do we say Merry Christmas in Gaelic? It's Novak Kriel. Novak Kriel. I've persuaded Peter to join us again for another Hebridean Baker podcast. Hello, Peter. Hello, Ranich. Um, now, in the first episode, I think it was, I was talking about uh, the history of my name, Kanyoch. So what about yours? Well, my name is Peter, named after my grandfather, who is also Peter. Uh, and the Gaelic for Peter in the Argyllshire part of Scotland, where I come from, is Parik. Uh it's a name made famous in Scotland by um, an author called Neil Munro, who wrote about the adventures of Parahandy, Parik mm. Handy. And uh, he was on his puffer, The Vital Spark. And actually, we pass The Vital Spark quite a lot when we're driving yeah, we to do. my mum and dad's yeah. in Inveriri. Uh, so, yeah, Parik is my name in Gaelic. But in, I guess, Gaelic from your island, it's Patrick. Uh, which we think of as being kind of formal, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Parik is how we would say it, a Farrick. And no connection to the name Patrick, or is there? Well, I guess the root of the names in Gaelic are probably quite similar. In some dialects of Gaelic, the Gaelic for Peter would be Peter. Mm. I would have said Peter. Where I come from is Parik. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, tell us about our we. Helper. Oh yeah, Shorty Beak. We Shoris. Shoris is the Gaelic for George. Uh-huh. And uh, it was my mother who named him Shoris. Really? I didn't know that. Uh-huh. So he's his ears are perking up as we're seeing his name there. He's flakers in front of the fire. <laughs> so even though his name is Shoris, uh, his nickname is Shorty. Shorty. Shorty Beak. <laughs> Shorty Beak. Big is the Gaelic for we or small. So we, George, or we, Shorty, is what we're saying. He's looking at you right now going, I'm not that wee. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kanya, tell me a little bit more about uh, the root of your own name. Yeah, so we talked about Kanyoch, and now maybe let's talk about our surnames a wee bit. 
So my surname is McLeod, uh, M-A-C-L-E-O-D, a famous surname for many uh, reasons, even if it's simply because of the Highlander. <laughs> there are a lot of McLeods, though. It's but quite there a are a lot of McLeods. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing, I suppose, is the Mac. So what does Mac mean in Gaelic? So Mac in Gaelic is son, or in a nomenclature uh, context, son of. So yeah. Mac Lodge is the sons of Lord. Yeah, and Lodge was the son of Olaf the Black. Olaf the Black was the king of Man. Man was the name given to the uh, Norwegian kingdom at the time. And so really, I am a Norwegian prince. (laughs) A big hairy Viking that can bake. Exactly. Viking bread. (laughs) So um, Mac Ljorge is son of Ljorge. Um, but interesting enough, in Old Norse Gaelic kind of mixture, Lodge also means ugly father. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> well, you know, um, that means that Kanyoch, I told you in episode one, uh, means handsome. So my full name would mean handsome son of the ugly father. Oh, your poor dad. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was no beauty. He was about five foot seven. Um, and uh, yes, I, <laughs> but I do look like him apart from the height. <laughs> but what about you then, McQueen? Well, I wanted to say something else about oh, your yeah. name, actually. So Leot is your surname, Mas Lodge. Yes. And the island that you come from is Lewis. Yes. And in Gaelic is Lewis or Elan Lewis. And that in Gaelic is Leoth's Island. That's right. So you are a MacLeod of the island named after Leoth. Yes. It's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, an amazing identity. And I think that's why a lot of people are so proud of their Scottish heritage, because it really does mean a lot and has a great identity. And one thing we were talking about earlier is the fact that there is Mac, which is son of, but what if you're a girl or a lady, what would you say? You'd say Nick. So Nick Lodge. So if it's my mum, for example, uh, she would be called Nick Kljorg because she can't be son of, she would have to be daughter of. Yeah. So it's a wee bit like the language of Iceland where and the culture of Iceland where they use son and dotir and they use their father's name. So, for example, if Peter had a son, his son would be called, surname would be Peterson. Uh, but if he had a daughter, it would be Peter's daughter. So we have a similar situation with Mac and Neek. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to Ireland where you have names like O'Connor or O'Donnell, O or Oa, as we see in Gaelic, is grandson of. Mm. So that's the same kind of nomenclature structure. But uh, in Gaelic tradition, you have a fascinating thing called Slunyag. And um, I'm sure that your folks, Kanya, would know uh, your Slunyag, but the way that Slunyag work was to help people from uh, different places to know who their kin were mm. and how people were interrelated or or not. 
And so you could choose a line, say you could choose paternal grandfather or maternal grandmother yes. and go up that line of the family and use the Slunyak to describe who people were. And people in Gaelic uh, communities uh, still know how to name who their people are. Oh, definitely. Way. And there is a question in Gaelic, Ko Asahau. So it's nearly like, who are you from, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, rather, than where. rather than where are you from. And so what Peter's talking about there, my version of that, if somebody asked me, Ko Asahau, who are you from? I would say the Antimes. And that is what my grandfather's nickname was. So that's exactly the story. And everybody straight away then would know what village I was from and who my family were. So it's a really fascinating way of describing not only who your family is, but also where you're from. So back to you, McQueen's. Tell us a little bit about uh, them. Were they as were they as important as the McLeods? I don't think they were quite <laughs> as marauding as the McLeods, but they are uh, probably a named after a, a, an old Viking at some point down the line. Mach Cuyen. Cuyen is probably a person's name. And uh, I think mainly the family, the clan of McQueen came from the north of Skye. And there is still a village there called Bala McQueen, which means the township of McQueen's. Mm. And um, that stretch of water that's between Lewis and the Isle of Skye is known as the Minch. And so the McLeods were, the, the, the family lands of the McLeods were on the Western Isles and across to Skye. But the McQueens probably watched the inner channel that goes down beside the part of Staffan. If anyone looks at a map and look at the Trotternish Peninsula and Skye, then you can see Bal McQueen at the top there. But my own McQueens uh, come from an island called Eastdale. Eastdale Island, which is a slate island. Uh, Lots of slate quarrying happened there. In fact, we are uh, surrounded by properties in Scotland that probably have a section of my island on the roof. Yeah, true. And some of the slate was even exported uh, to uh, the Americas. Mm -hmm. So they're known as the islands that roofed the world. (laughs) Isn't that amazing that uh, one of you could be sitting in a house right now that has a slate from a wee island uh, in Scotland. (laughs) That's been mined out like a donut. (laughs) Exactly. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Peter finally posted his first ever uh, TikTok video uh, just this week, uh, which went crazy straight away. You have lots of fans already. I think they're your followers. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for looking if you've been looking and thank you, Kanyach, for helping me. Uh, you took the video of you and Shoris because you had to do some filming of the Slate Islands. Yeah, we went up to the top of a hill and it was a beautiful wintry day, cold but crisp. And uh, yeah, the sun shone and it was great. Well, I'm sure we all hope uh, you will be making more TikTok videos with Shoris and maybe even me in the future. <laughs> Let's see, hopefully. Peter and I have been watching The Crown on Netflix. And it reminded me of the time the Queen came to my village in the Outer Hebrides.
I was about 14 when one day I was down on the shore and saw what to me looked like warships arriving into our village. I ran up the hill to my best friend's house to tell them we were being invaded. We scurried back down to see rowing boats coming towards us. Now, if we were going to war, we welcomed them with open arms, pulling the ropes of their boats in and helping them ashore. Who are you? we asked the men. We are from the Royal Yacht Britannia. We've broken down and while the engines are being fixed, we've been given the afternoon off. Well, we asked if they would like a tour of our village and proudly set off to show them around. In particular, our phone box. The next village didn't have one and we thought this would definitely impress them. As the end of the day approached, we bid them farewell and thought this was the best day of our lives. Now, hours later, my father, a little bit worse for wear, appeared back at the house, telling us a story of what happened while out fishing for lobsters that day. He said he was rowing home and suddenly there was a crash. He turned about to realise he had bumped into the Royal Yacht Britannia. Leaning over the edge was Queen Elizabeth and Princess Margaret, puffing away on a cigarette. The Queen shouted, Where have you been? Out fishing, my father replied. He asked, Do you have anything in for dinner tonight? No, said the Queen. Well, would you like some lobsters and crabs, my father said. Oh yes, they exclaimed. So, my father threw a rope to Princess Margaret and she lifted a creel full of lobsters and crabs. The Queen exclaimed, but I don't have any money to pay you. Don't worry, said my father. But as he got the creel back into the boat, he noticed Princess Margaret had placed a packet of cigarettes inside. He waved at the royals and rode home. Now, my father was known for a tall tale and a glass or two of whiskey, but we began to wonder if it could actually be true, as he showed us the packet of cigarettes. Remember, the nearest shop was over 30 miles away. Well, the tale was told for weeks around the houses of the village. But it wasn't until the postman arrived with a letter from Balmoral that we realised the story was true. It read, Dear Mr. MacLeod, Please accept our apologies for any disruptions we caused to the villagers on the day we broke down. Thank you again for the lobsters and crabs. We feasted on them that evening and it was the best meal we had on our trip. We hope we will see you again next year. Regards, The Queen. And that's the true story of my father giving the Queen crabs.
This is Witten, or you may know me from my TikTok, Witty Witten. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for all of the baking lessons and the Scottish Gaelic lessons. And I love watching you and Peter and Charis get on your adventures. Since you have a huge following here in America, I was wondering if you could tell us some misconceptions that people may have about Scotland or Scottish culture. Thank you so much and cheerty. Well, Witten, firstly, your Gaelic is sounding great. Cheerach Scanyal. And I have to say that most American folk that I meet on my travels know a lot about Scotland, and it always makes me so, so proud. And to be honest with you, I'm quite a stereotype of a Scotsman. Okay, I don't have ginger hair, but I love haggis, I wear a kilt, I voted for independence, I believe in the Loch Ness Monster, and I've tried a deep-fried marsh bar, and it was delicious. Thank you, Witten, and if any of you have a message or question, pop onto the Anchor app and leave a voicemail for me there. Until next time, Eichewa.